Welcome back to the Ultimate Playlist Podcast for Choice Tracks. I'm Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon, and you're way too excited, Taj. Yeah, and I'm Dietrich. And uh, normally I would jump up and say something crazy, but I don't feel like it today, so I think we're all right. <laughs> I think you just did, though. Yeah? Okay. Right, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. So, well, welcome back, uh, folks, to our fabulous podcast. Uh, we have a side A and a side B. Uh, side A is a theme. Uh, side B is an album review uh, that one of us picked for our fellow uh, hosts to listen to. Um, so uh, we're going to go ahead and drop that needle on side A. Um, all right. So uh, this one is uh, so this episode, um, I, I put out a theme idea and then it got switched a little bit. And then ultimately, basically what we're going for is a song that references a band or artist, fake or real or otherwise. Um, so, uh, I picked my track mainly to have a discussion <laughs> around it, but also because I really do like the track a lot. Um, I can't tell you exactly when I heard, um, uh, the band, um, but it, and it was some rabbit hole I went down. Uh, but this song just always stood out to me because it's, <laughs> it's a very unique song <laughs> to, to say the least. Uh, but the artist is the Mountain Goats, and the song is the best, the best ever death metal band. The best ever death metal band out of Denton with a couple of guys who've been friends since grade school. One was named. Um, and so the song is kind of like a a, um, a story about these two guys that uh, practice twice a week. Um, and then they, they want to form a, a death metal band. And so they get in trouble for satanic uh, uh, imagery on their stuff. And then the band kind of breaks up. And so it's it's, it's an interesting tale. Um, it talks about Denton, which I, I, is a small town somewhere in Texas, I believe. I'm not sure. It's, it's North Dallas. Oh, North Dallas? Okay. Yeah. So, okay. But uh, yeah, so this is like... It, and so it's very um, this very lo-fi uh, uh, type of song. So I, I know it's completely left field <laughs> for this. Uh, and in it, they reference um, th they talk about how they weren't able to come up with a band name, and their ideas were uh, Satan's Fingers, The Killers, which is interesting because I'm pretty sure this is before the actual band The Killers, and then Hospital Bombers. <laughs> and so it was just interesting that that you know they talked about that aspect of how it's hard to come up with a band name uh, it uh, that properly describes what your band is or what type of music you are um but yeah it, again the, the, the that's kind of the discussion i wanted with this particular song was like how band names are just interesting sometimes they match the name sometimes they don't there was a brief stint there in like the 2000s where like band names they just gave up with band names and they just put symbols uh the, like the three exclamation points but it's the was it the cha-cha-cha ones <laughs> like that's their band name but so it's actually three exclamation points and you're like okay <laughs> Is that what we're going for nowadays for band names? But yeah, uh, the the nature of band names have, have for sure changed a lot over the time. But uh, uh, we can go over the song first and then have the discussion second. But what did you guys think of the song? 
I think it goes along with your, you know how you like those comedy songs, those kind of like silly comedy troop songs. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of fits that, right? A little bit. Am I wrong about that? Are they a are they a comedic band? No. Or are they are a lot of social commentary involved. Eh, I I think they're just a band. I think they're just a yeah a, a, a lo-fi band. It, it, and to be honest, like I can't remember much of their other songs i know i i listened to that album before yeah but it's been years since i've gone back to listen to it so but uh yeah th- this one song just always stood out so it does kind of like it almost does fall in that like for me it falls in that category just like the way it sounds mm. but um it fits you. It fits your style. I think it's a good pick for you, like, as far as, like, a Taj pick. <laughs> yeah. But and I, I could see where you're going with it with, like, the band names and, yeah. you know, that reference. But, yeah. Um, yeah always, how do you come up with a band name? <laughs> yeah. But I always feel it's like a more realistic Bill and Ted. Like, this is like Bill and okay. Ted in real life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that, too. Like, um, so in other words, yeah. they're tenacious D. <laughs> I mean, at the end, he's like, hell, Satan. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, uh, it's just hell, hell. He's like, oh, fuck it, hell, hell. <laughs> you know? It is a little bit of a comedy song, but it's like it's it wouldn't be it wouldn't be my pick as far as like something I would seek out. Oh. But if I heard it on the radio, I'd be I would be intrigued for sure. References to these different bands and stuff and like your band names. And it's like funny. You know, it's funny that they almost came up with the killers. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? Oh, sure. Now you say that. Right. Uh, you know, that now that they're one of the best, their biggest bands in the world, you know. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I'd give it like out of five, five stars. I don't know why I, could, I always use five stars as my rating. Maybe it's because everybody uses five stars. Um, probably like a two and a half. <laughs> Gotcha. Originality for sure, um, but like the, and the, you know, like the, it, it's not my favorite style of like, I guess like like folk, you know, guitar strumming, like generic car- guitar strumming is like, there's not really much there, right? You know what I mean? Like as far as like orchestrated songs, like it is, this is definitely about the lyrics, which I think you know, like we've talked about how we like talking about lyrics. But, um, yeah, so that's where it gets like the two and a half and the rest is kind of like, it loses me a little bit. It's like, okay, I heard it once and I'm done. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it was a, a good pick, um, for you. Um, I definitely see the satire inside of it. Um, you know, they, they, they did put thought to the lyrics. And, and how they were trying to come across. I guess it just, if you're not in that mood in order to catch it, you, you, it's kind of offsetting. So it, like, like, um, like Damon was saying, um, it is, it is satirical. It is definitely, they were having fun with it, but they were, they were trying to come across as a point and the point kind of got lost in the sauce, mm. so to speak. But gotcha. with that being said, it, it was still a groovy little, little, little jingle and, and I don't have no problem with it. I give it, I give it 2.75 stars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you went up a little bit, like by a quarter of a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I will not be uh, rating the song (laughs) because I refuse to subscribe to that. Um, You guys can do it all you want, but you will never catch me rating uh, a song. I I don't rate. Um, Either I like it or I don't like it. Right? Really? Um, There's not an in between. Okay. I don't even do that about movies. I don't. I don't rate movies really. really? I just like no. It's like tomatoes. either either I like the movie or I don't like the movie. So you don't go you to know? Rotten Tomatoes. Huh? 
I don't know because right. you know they're not they're not always right. Anyway, I, I agree. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> um so I you know I feel like I've heard the mountain goats before um I just I can't remember when and where like I can't place it um I feel like it's one of those e-music things it has to be right yeah, right <laughs> you know but, yeah. like this kind of band so um yeah the the song's all right um I maybe I just don't remember them too well I don't remember them always sounding like this but um I could no. be wrong like like I said well I, I and because I was curious I jumped forward like another two albums from this and it's a lot more polished like this is but this is like their I want to say second or third album so like this was them starting out and there's yeah real yeah and and I think the strength to the song is definitely the like one right off the top the the song title is awesome um <laughs> I think the song title is great and then I think, you know, the lyrics are, are pretty, pretty fantastic as well. The sound itself, you know, take it or leave it. Like, I, I feel like I have to be in the mood to really enjoy that sound sometimes. Like, I mean, I, I do tip, I do enjoy kind of a, a folkiness, but I, like, I think I just wasn't in the right mood when I listened to it a couple times. But, but I, like you said, I think the strength is definitely the title itself and, and the lyrics and just kind of the, the storytelling. And, and for that, I, I give it the like, but it's not going to get the <laughs> ranking, gotcha. which is actually a 2.9. No, no it's, it's not. Plus, are you going by four or five? He said five. Five. Oh, five. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it would be a two point nine. I again, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play That's your game. That's how my brain works. Okay. <laughs> You're not gonna get that from me. Two point nine uh, yeah. smiley faces. I don't know. All right. No. Two claps okay. and a snap. <laughs> <laughs> Two snaps up in a shout out in living color. Yeah, no. <laughs> hated it. Right. No, I, I just never came in. No, I hated I, it. Didn't I? Did not dislike. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. And like it's like I was saying, I think I think it's the 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 comedy in the song and the writing and. Above all else, the title. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like we all kind of agreed a little bit on that one. Yeah. yeah. And it does fit you, though. Like, that's a really good pick for you, Tosh. Right? Oh, yeah. I don't I don't think the, the rest of us would have ever picked this. <laughs> no. It's like, where did you pull no. that one out of? Okay. So the weird. Cl- like, Tosh's closet so- of songs. <laughs> You like you like niche stuff, like niche comedy, and then you like yeah. like tw- like 2010 pop artists. <laughs> yeah, female pop artists. Female pop artists. Right. So you're like a teenage lady. girl trapped in a teenage girl's body. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I can't. I can't. <laughs> All right, next. Um, but, well, so I was going to, no, I, I just wanted to circle back and ask. So, uh, of the three names, which is better, the Saints Fingers, the Killers, or or Hospital Bombers? Like, I mean, I know there's the ho- killers. Oh my god, killers. yeah, the Killers, obviously. <laughs> That's only like I said, they're like they're the most famous band in the world. What, what was the What was the first one? It's, I think it's Satan's Fingers. Satan's Fingers. Yeah, and Hospital Bombers. And Hospital Bombers. Yeah, <laughs> Hospital Bombers is a great name for a punk band. 
Oh, okay. Right. Oh, oh, that's like, that'd be canceled, though. <laughs> that would have been that's, canceled. That would, well, that, that'd be canceled now, but it would have not like yeah, that's that's when you're trying to get your name out there and you want something that's going to shock yeah. people. Yeah. And that's shock value. I can totally see that like a late 70s, like California, L.A. punk band name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it was OK to bomb hospitals. I remember those days. <laughs> Dude, you, you were barely alive in the 70s. Come on. <laughs> no, I remember it. <laughs> Are you talking about some type of past life you had? Is that how you got reincarnated? No, it's like the, uh, the 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 moment you come out of the womb. Did you watch like Dark Knight and that's it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you stopped midway because you counted the bombs and not all of them went off, and then the last one goes, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Damon Kyle looks like the Joker. <laughs> right. Yeah. At that I feel moment. Like a Joker at that moment. <laughs> Sorry. All right. I don't look like the Joker. <laughs> no, but at that moment. Oh, yeah. At that moment, I makeup. totally did. It was yeah, like totally. uncanny, man. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> uh, so, uh, all right. So, we're going to go ahead and <laughs> move on, I guess. Um, so, the next person I pick is Damon. Oh, of course, Tosh. What? Why'd you pick me? I planned it out and I already had it written down. That's cool. Yeah, so I um I I don't know. For some reason I thought I'd pick this band like twice already. <laughs> I think it's because like I've seen them in, in concert a lot. I kind of like strayed away from like talking about bands I've seen live. And I that's one of my most favorite things to do. So uh Vampire Weekend. And that's that's I think I've seen them like four times, <laughs> met half the band and hung out with them a little bit, which is kind of cool. Um, but uh, anyway, Vampire Weekend is probably one of my top, I'd say one of my top bands for their albums, live or not. Um, self-titled album Vampire Weekend uh, song is Cape Cod, Kawasa, Kawasa. And they mentioned Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel is a huge fan of Vampire Weekends as well, um, which is pretty cool. And I think he does a remix of the song. He doesn't know why they put him in the song. His his thought was they put him in there because he sings a lot of songs about like Africa, <laughs> and this is a song that's based on an African dance. Um, so yeah, kind of cool, I guess. Um, or it's a dance rhythm from uh, Africa, and it's the uh, country of Congo. So that's what that that's where that comes from. Um, weird. I guess I didn't know this, and I thought it was interesting. I just wanted, you know, because like, like we're talking about, you know, like uh, artists being named and you know bands, band names, whatever. We can reference that too. Uh, Vampire Weekend's name comes from um, Ezra's Ezra Koenig, the lead singer. His uh, project he was doing a film project, and that was it was. Uh, they, it's funny they use a lot of this film project has there's a lot of songs in this album Wolcott, uh Cape Cod and you know Vampire whatever Vampire it's a, based on a vampire invasion in Cape Cod 
So you, it's weird. He combines all his stuff from this movie project he did. Vampire Weekend has a lot of music videos too, and their music videos always have like celebrities in them, and you know they're kind of interesting. They don't always have that, but uh, I like the connection with Peter Gabriel and uh, Vampire mm-hmm. Weekend. I like, I like that he was a fan fan of theirs, but uh, yeah. So that's that's uh, that's my pick. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. So, um, oh, did you want to go? Okay. Uh, I I've seen Vampire Weekend live uh, too. Um, oh, good. Yeah. So maybe I was so, at the show you're at. It's interesting. So the the time I saw them was at ACL, and oh so, yeah, I was at that. And so with ACL, and if I remember correctly, so the way ACL is just to describe it to people is uh, imagine kind of a football. It's longer than football field, but imagine like two end goals, right? Once on top of the hill, once on bottom of the hill. Um, and then there's another stage to just the right of the, the one on top of the hill. They got bumped. Like they got moved from one of the smaller stages to the main headliner stage. And so the, the right. weird thing was like they were, I'm not sure where, but like they had a lot of hype. Like Vampire, that's one of the few times I've ever seen live like a band running on the hype train. <laughs> like they right. got bumped on that stage and then they were packed. Uh, the only time I've seen that stage area that packed was Lizzo, but Lizzo didn't get bumped up on the larger stage. She should have, but she was just to the stage to the right of it. But that crowd was all the way up that hill, all the way to where that main stage was. So like yeah. it, Vampire Weekend for sure is this, I want to say the, the second largest and for like a non at night main headlighter band to play like during the day while the sun's out. Like that yeah. was, that was crazy, but yeah. So. Yeah, I remember that. I, I also uh, I have a problem with how ACL sets up their stages because it's like competing bands. Oh so yeah, it's like you got to go like a mile to. <laughs> you can see sort of the other stage from one end, but like yeah. to get through that sea of people, man, it's not easy. Oh god, yeah, but, uh, yeah. So. yeah, for sure. So what do you think of the Definitely song? Not easy. Oh, oh, it, it, I like the song. It, I, it, Vampire Weekend were it were okay. I mean, I like that first album, but I don't know. Like, I know yeah. they came out with Contra, and then that's the last one I tried. I think, uh, and I know they may have had another album, but they were one of those that like the hype hit, and then like I just didn't keep up with them. So, I mean, I'm, they're they're like true uh, musicians. I mean, I I, I love. Um, yeah, I love that band a lot. And, you know, they just, they really have some talent in that, in that band for sure. Uh, they all went to school together. They were like top of the class, that sort of thing. They're definitely very intelligent, but just like bringing intelligence and then combining it with music talent is, it always creates something really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I mean, the, the band I kind of liked better than them was Fun, but Fun didn't do a second album because Vance Joy left and went solo. <laughs> so, uh, but but yeah, Vampire Weekend that that album for sure is good and the song's good. Yeah, but yeah, I just never kept up with the band. So, yeah, no, it's um, it, I I know I I, I feel like I, I did do a mention a little bit from the for these guys at one point, maybe because Heim when I saw them first or Haim they opened up for uh, Vampire Weekend. It was kind of like when they first got big in 2012. I saw them here in Austin. Um, I think it was South by Southwest. But uh, So like Chris Bayo, he's a guitarist, but he also plays keyboards and stuff like that. Not in the band, but that's um, like he's a, you know, he's a DJ, I think. 
and Scott Baio is his cousin. So that's kind of like there's a music line and then an acting line. And I think everybody in this band's got like some kind of connection to something. But uh, Rostam Batman, Batmanji, I think is his last name. He's he was a keyboardist. He's not in the band anymore. So he was he was pretty good too. But he I guess he went on to do other stuff. I don't know. Then Chris Thompson is the other guy. But yeah, Vampire Weekend. Anyway, glad you saw him, Taj. That's good. I'm not glad that you didn't like him better than fun. <laughs> yeah, that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> So I I have not seen Vampire Weekend live. I've seen Werewolves Weekday live, but not Vampire Weekend. Maybe uh, on the <laughs> no, Maybe no. that's that's them during the week. Who knows? Could be. Could be. Um yeah, I mean I definitely remember when they came out and I do remember this album and I do remember listening to it. And I think there's some some good tracks on there, some some fun tracks. And uh yeah, I, I enjoy this one. It's you know, it's it's breezy, it's it's light, and uh, you know, it's it's just got a nice nice beat and uh you know, you, you hear the song and it just you know, it makes makes you feel happy because of the instruments I guess that they use. So yeah. um, I don't even know what the lyrics are about. I just remember the, the sound more than anything. But I mean, Vampire Weekend's falling off my radar. You know, like I, I remember that album and that might be the only thing I've ever listened to by them. Um, but yeah, I mean, the song's the song's pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't know what Peter Gabriel has to do with any of this, but, you know, <laughs> it did. It, it, it picked the topic. But I don't know why Peter Gabriel is being mentioned. So, um, yeah, well, overall, he, not. Yeah. Huh? Well, I was going to say, like, you're asking why he mentioned he he wasn't even really. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of abstract, I guess. But like, he wasn't thinking of Peter, Peter Gabriel as a person. Like when he mentions him, he's a fan of his, just like Peter Gabriel's a fan of them. But yeah. uh, he, he quote, uh, this is a quote that he, he was uh, almost using his name as an adjective. So like what he stands for and what he's, you know, the Peter Gabriel's like career. And also like he does this, this song is it's based on an African dance. So like, and I think that's like, it's like a, they're like connecting his music that has a lot to, like I said earlier, he's a lot to do with like African, like music. Peter Gabriel goes there a lot. So that, you know, that could be that too. But yeah. uh, I didn't get the African dance part out of it. But, uh, surprisingly enough, but all in all, first and foremost, let me just put it like this. I am always going to be a Peter Gabriel fan. So if anybody mentions his name, especially after he's, you know, pretty much stopped recording or, or stopped singing or whatever the case of play may be, you know, I'll, I would I'll always be Peter Gabriel fan. Um, what I will say is it's Vampire Weekend, so I wasn't expecting a whole lot out of it. Not to say that they're a bad band or anything. It's just not my cup of tea. But with that being said, though, this one actually was a, a pretty good jingle. So I'm not going to not gonna knock it by any means. Um, yeah, I totally missed right. the reference why they put him in. But at the same time, like, who else better to throw in that situation? They could have said Paul Newman, for all we know. It would have been like, oh, okay. But we just would have gone along with it because at least it's somebody that we all know. So um, the fact that, you know, I, like as soon as we said his name and, and and what his reference was and as far as what we know, as far as the track goes, first thing, damn thing that came to my head was the Sledgehammer song. And I still can't get it out of my head. Yeah, It's, it's stuck there. And it's like That's Genesis days. Yes. I'm like, oh, I can't. I, I can't, but I can, but I can't, but I can't. 
So as far as the track goes, it meets it meets the criteria. It's a good track. Um, you know, they definitely honed in on their sound and how they were coming yeah. across since then, and and it's all good. So I'm cool with it. <clears throat> I, well, I'm shaking. I'm shaking my head because yeah. Peter Gabriel, when he did, did Sledgehammer, he was not with Genesis anymore. Uh, okay, no. okay, that's what I was thinking. He was, I thought he was, he was solo with Genesis. Himself. That was his first single, wasn't it? Uh, it was from his album. So I don't know if that was his first solo album or not. But I mean, Phil Collins was already part of Genesis by that point. Yeah. Okay. And Phil Collins is fucking awesome too. But they're both both fucking awesome. Anyway, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. On the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I appreciate the uh, the knowledge check, Brandon. Hey, you know, I just didn't want you to walk <laughs> out of here and like go tell other people incorrect information. Oh, you remember that band Genesis? They did Sledgehammer. Remember that one? <laughs> oh, I did it? Oh yeah. Right, exactly, because that's going to happen. Right, it's going to happen one of these days. <laughs> all right, all right, you guys ready to move on to our next next pick? Uh, Brandon, what, what did you have for us? I knew it was going to be me. How did you I know, know it's going to be you? Yeah, Brandon, what you got, buddy? Come on. Yeah, Come on, man. Now let's check. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I appreciate it. No, no, I'm I'm sorry. I won't do that again. I'll let <laughs> you're you. Fine. I'll, I'll let you. Check I'll let me. you walk sure. away from the podcast being <laughs> completely wrong, and that's not my fault. I'd rather not. So, <laughs> no, okay. No, it's check, all right. You can check my knowledge anytime. <sighs> it's okay. Um. All right. So let me go ahead and uh, just go over my my song here. So right away when and when Taj brought up this topic, I kind of knew that this was going to be my song. The song I picked is actually uh, it's it's a Waylon Jennings song, and it is from 1975, and it's called "Are You Sure Hank Done It This Way." Old Hank made it here. We're all sure that you will, but I don't think Hank done it. Um, Waylon Jennings is a country legend, um, you know, outlaw country, you name it. I mean, he, he's done it all. Um, I didn't necessarily grow up a big country person, but, but there is definitely some country that I've gone back to listen to, Waylon Jennings being one of them. Um, I think the first time I ever heard this song uh, was actually in the movie Crazy Heart from 2009. That might be where I first heard it because, you know, I, I again, I wasn't like the biggest country person, but you put something in front of me that I like and then I go down that rabbit hole. And so this was a song that I heard. I think it was I think it was Crazy Heart that I heard it first. And then I went and bought like the essential, you know, Waylon Jennings CD. And uh, I, I've, I'm a big fan of his music. Um, but this is the one that that got me into listening to Waylon Jennings. And it was actually uh, the first single from his album, Dreaming My Dreams. And it was his fourth number one uh, hit on the country charts as a solo artist. Um, I just, I, I dig this song because I just, I like his voice. I like the guitars. I, I like the beat. And I like the, I like the lyrics. Um, the song is referencing Hank Williams Sr. Um, if you don't know who Hank Williams Sr. is, 
Go check him out. Um, he, he is also a country legend. And basically the song is about, it's basically, a, it's about the, um, the, the influence of Hank Williams on country music, but also criticizing the country music in the 1970s and how it was more about glitz and glamour than it was actually about the music. And so when he's talking about Hank Williams, senior he's talking about how when he did it it wasn't quite like this like why why are we doing it like this like the top artists in the 70s had were living a very different lifestyle and doing music a lot different than the way that hank williams senior did um so anyway uh the song also if you haven't seen crazy heart if you play grand theft auto 5 that is one of the songs that's on the radio and they also used it in the trailer for the character of trevor um so yes. anyway okay uh yeah i think it's a great song Wayland jennings is awesome and uh what did you guys think well i have much more appreciation for it now that you mentioned trevor <laughs> i fucking love that character uh grant that thought of five but i you know it's funny you mentioned that you know this isn't crazy horse i haven't seen crazy horse but i totally see this as a film song like this would this isn't something i would normally listen to but I could see it being placed very well in a feature film. Um, and I like how he's like, I he's talking about Hank Williams senior's career, the country music, you know, industry, you know, what you do to make it big, that sort of thing. It's like that. I can appreciate, I can appreciate for sure. I can appreciate its reference in Grand Theft Auto. I can appreciate the, uh, you know, the fact that it's been in a movie. All oh, that's great. Uh, William Jennings. Yeah. Superstar. Right. It's just not my nice style. I just don't listen to country a lot, so I'm not going to gravitate to this. But I got to respect the song overall. So going back to my star (laughs) ratings, I'm going to give it 3.2 stars. So that's even more than uh, than Taja's pick. Wait, wait, wait. What did you give your own song? You didn't give us. Oh, 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 yeah. My own song gets a 4.3 because (laughs) because uh, as we're so (laughs) vague about Peter Gabriel, you like it's like it was very abstract, you know, but I like that they both liked each other's music and they they did converse (laughs) about it a lot. So he loses points for being vague. (laughs) Did you want to go Dietrich or do you want me? Hey, Rochambeau, let's get it. (laughs) <laughs> you win. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it, I I like the song a lot. Uh, I'm glad that you could clarify that it was Hank Senior because I was going to ask if it was Hank Senior or Hank Junior. Um, but uh, but it, it's no, I, I liked it a lot. What's interesting is I had a different interpretation on the lyrics. I'm because and and maybe I get once you said your version, I see it. I see your interpretation of the lyrics, and that's probably what the song is about. The way I was taking it, that when I listened to it, was that like he's talking about like, hey, these are the fundamentals of a of a country song, and everybody's saying this is what you need to be country, and he's like, Hank just did music, like he, yes, he is country, but he was just doing music, like he didn't need to have the steel guitar, he didn't need, he chose to have the steel guitar because that was the music he was doing but it wasn't that that's a requirement of country was the way i interpret 
interpreted it, but I, I get exactly what, you know, once you said it, yeah, that, that makes more sense. He's talking about how you don't need the glitz and glam. Um, but yeah, it, I liked it for sure. So I think Brandon's uh, probably pretty correct though. <laughs> I, I, I just said he is correct. I think you have an interpretation of it, but I think Brandon was probably more correct. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys say? Bob Brandon? <laughs> Okay, just kidding. Say, uh, like a rhinestone cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> so this was definitely a diss record to anybody who was doing the 70s style of country and taking it from the roots of where it was supposed to be. And um, I, I'm definitely glad that they picked somebody like Hank Williams Sr. to base that off of. Because simply put, you know, you, during the time frame, you couldn't get much more country than that. Um, especially when you're talking about the lifestyle backing up the music. That was real big back then. You, in order to be a certified artist back then, especially in the country genre, people had to see you for being an artist and being that lifestyle. Nobody said you had to grow up on the farm and, and take bulls down with your bare hands. But damn it, if, if you didn't, you would be looked at kind of funny because you're misrepresenting the, the genre for what it was. And then all of a sudden, here come the 70s, here come the disco, here come the, the glitz and the glamour. It, was, it actually started in the late 60s when you started seeing artists like branch out and start doing like um crazy crazy looks and and more glitz and glamour on the stage and 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 more stage props and preps and instead of just the artist in front of a uh, a microphone with a guitar and, and a sound so the fact that you know he brought this up just this actually felt good in my heart because that's the kind of country that I listen to. I do know that country style changed just like all the other music changes, but it feels like country's being stripped away from the actual essence of what it's supposed to be. And he was trying to get that back to that point of where it should be. So um, as far as my, I don't have no stars or anything of that nature. I'm just going to say, I love the damn song. It was a good song and it was a great day. So sweet. Sweet. Okay. So, all right. So we're going to move on to our final trace track. Uh, what did you have for us, Dietrich? So I picked a song that I had heard of and knew of for a very long time and thought that it was one way and then come to find out that it was a totally different way. And it changed my perspective on the artist. And it changed my perspective in a good way because it it um it kind of represented what um I thought should come out when it comes in terms of music. And and the reason why I say it like this is because I'm not trying to be you know, cryptic or anything of that nature. But when you just break it down, music from an industry standpoint is a sport. Everybody is trying to be on top. Everybody wants to be number one. Nobody comes into music thinking, oh, I'm just going to do these couple of songs and I'm going to get out and it is what it is. Everybody wants to, their secret ambition is they want to be on top of the chart, right? And this was prevalent even back then, back in the day. This particular song came out in 1971 by an artist who was up and coming in America standards, but was really blowing up internationally. But his style definitely changed going into the 80s and, and, and coming forward when, you know, he got the big labels behind him and the whole nine. So the, the album itself um, didn't do very big numbers over here, but internationalized, it did pretty big. Um, and it's coming from an artist that we all know and love and, and you know, rest in peace when it's passing in 2016. But it's uh, David Bowie and the song is... Um, uh, uh, song for Bob Dylan. 
Um, and the reason why, well, the reason why, first of all, I was getting caught up in it was because we've actually got two songs <laughs> dedicated to Bob Dylan. Oh, but this was the first one, the one that I picked. It came off the album of Hunky Dory. Um, it made like number 39 on the charts in the, in the, um, the United Kingdom and then a couple of other charts elsewhere. It didn't chart in the U.S. at all. Um, and nobody was really listening to it at all in the U.S., but he did make his waves around. And in this particular song, um, everybody thinks it's an ode to Bob Dylan um, because of his sound and what he was coming across. But in actuality, it was the it was a sneak diss. It was it was um, a, a chance to try and knock Bob Dylan off of the, his high horse and bring him down. And he did so in the lyrics and how he came across. He basically said that Bob Bob Dylan got comfortable in his thing and was not giving the people what they really needed to hear and was not coming across in a true form of nature and just kind of subsided. And he, he's supposed to be the, the king of the charts, but he's not really acting like the king of the charts. So when he came out with this song, um, everybody thought, you know, he's, he's talking about Bob Dylan. He loves Bob Dylan. He's, he's, he's referencing him as, as a mentor, so to speak. They didn't like each other. <laughs> they were not friends during that point in time. So this was his way to try to bring the king down a little bit because Bob Dylan was at the top of the charts at that point in time. And he wanted to, to knock him off his high horse. And if he could replace him, he would do that. And he would do it using his own style. And that, that was his, that was his purpose of coming out with this particular song. So in doing so, you know, later on, much later on, um, you know, David Bowie holds his own place in history. He starts making his own music, his own style, developing his style and how he comes across. Um, his look was still pseudo feminine, but it was a rock star pseudo feminine. So everybody was falling in love with that during that point in time and it kind of waved over into that type of situation. But as far as him being an icon himself, he definitely hit that bill. Um, he fit that, that marker. Uh, but this is just one of the multi-talented ways that he would show, you know, his, his art for music writing and, and his art for his song preparation and then his art for music theory, um, coming across and, and when you can sneak this somebody and make it sound so good that everybody thinks that you're praising that person. It was crazy. So what do y'all have to think about David Bowie and, and this particular song? So I got it right. I got it right. Cause that's what I exactly thought it was. I thought that this oh, was, I, hear this. All right. <laughs> I, cause I thought that this was a kind of like a, that Bob Dylan was releasing newer music that was a, a pleasing the lady, but he's like, if she listened to your older stuff, she'd be shocked. Like she'd leave the concert because like your older music is more protesty and like nothing that she agrees with, but you're just making music now to please the crowds. And, yep. and, and yeah, and that, that was a brilliant song. Like I had never heard this before, but yeah, it was like, I, I caught the message. And I was like, Ooh, this like, because I know, like, I know hip hop and rap have diss tracks about each other, but it's like, it's rare to, to hear that in rock, you know, yeah, <laughs> to, exactly. to hear an actual diss track. And then on top of a, he's, he's skirting the line, but it kind of sounds like Bob Dylan <laughs> a little bit. Like, there's times where his, his vocal, like, he, he's trying to sound like Bob Dylan <laughs> just for that extra knife twist in the back. Yes. Exactly. So. So. That was a good one. Yeah, I'm glad you picked up on that. He attacks Robert Zimmerman, <laughs> which is Bob Dylan. 
it's pretty it's i think he's like almost like saying like you started out as robert zimmerman and now you're using your stage name do you think you're cool still man <laughs> so it's like uh I, I don't know if that's what he's saying but it kind of feels like it and he's super androgynous so like like you said mm-hmm. like he looks like a woman in a lot of his photos and album covers and stuff like that, which I think that was one of the more unique things about um, David Bowie. I, I'm a big David Bowie fan, but like I thought, Zig, you know, Ziggy Stardust and all that was really cool, and Labyrinth being in the, the movie The Labyrinth. Uh, these are all things that you need to check out, people. If you don't know anything about David Bowie, which you probably do because he's super awesome and famous and. Uh, his legacy is going to live on, but yeah, he's, he's definitely like, he's, I think he's like, like you said, Dietrich, he's totally making making statement to the industry and then making statement to Bob Dylan and his fame for the reasons why he's famous, um, how it doesn't apply to him, <laughs> uh, but how he's ready for, you know, to make that you know, a new movement in music. I think, I don't know. That's what I got from it, but I feel yeah, like we're basically the calling Bob Dylan a sellout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he really does that by <laughs> calling him by his name. <laughs> Roberts. How dare you, Robert Silverman? Anyway. <sighs> it's not my favorite, but here's the funny thing. It's not my favorite David Bowie because it does sound like Bob Dylan. Mm. It's just weird for it. Not that I don't like Bob Dylan stuff, but his... Bob Dylan wasn't my, he's not like my fan favorite over David Bowie. Not, not by a long shot. And we can go into that in another episode, but yeah. So I give this no stars. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, it definitely, it, it definitely like is a, it's, it's at 2.7 for sure. Would you give it a 2.7 star man? <laughs> yeah. I give this 2.7 star man, star men. Um, so, David Bowie is one of my favorite artists of all time. I love David Bowie. And Honky Dory is one of my favorite albums by him as well. I especially love that time with David, of David Bowie. Um, you know, you start to see the, the beginning of the Ziggy Stardust persona around that time. Um, you know, but when he came out in, in the late sixties, his music was very different and more folky and, yeah. uh, very similar to Bob Dylan in some respects. Um, I will say that this is not my favorite song on Honky Dory. Um, you know, there's so many other songs that I prefer on that album. Not to say it's a bad song. I do like the song. What I do think is interesting is I don't know, you know, is, is it a, a diss track? Sure. But I don't think that Bowie would have written that, you know, many, many years later. Um, but what I think is very interesting about Bowie and Dylan, if you put two careers up against each other, yeah, they are different, but talk about two artists who had many, many different life, lifespans. Like mm-hmm. their, their sound changed multiple times. Mm-hmm. Both the artists are very similar in that respect. You know, like yes. both of those artists reinvented themselves again and again and again. Um, 
So I see a lot of similarities there. Maybe not necessarily the music itself, but talking about two different two artists who did reinvent themselves uh, multiple times um, and are both equally, you know, legends and for for a good reason. Um, so anyway, I love David Bowie. Um, this is definitely a time in his career that I I'm, I'm a huge fan of. I, I love all that '70s Bowie stuff, even when he went to Brian Eno in the late 70s. I love that, too. Um, so, yeah, the song, the song is good. Again, it's not my favorite favorite Bowie song, but, you know, I don't necessarily think Bowie necessarily wrote horrible songs. You know, like, even a bad song is still a pretty good song for David Bowie. And, um, yeah, if you've not listened to Honky Dory, uh, stop what you're doing. Stop listening to this podcast and just go listen to good music because... That's good music. And, um, I love David Bowie. I miss David Bowie. I just watched the, the most recent documentary, which was mind blowing and amazing. And, um, yeah, such a, such an influ- influential artist. And, um, we need to definitely showcase more David Bowie on this podcast. But when you're done listening to all the good music, come back to the podcast. So you no, can- don't. It just, Find out one more, at least one more. Keep listening to David Bowie and then go down that rabbit hole, man. (laughs) You don't even, you don't even need to come back and listen to us. What are we talking about? Come back to David Bowie podcast. He'll come back a different person. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. go. How many stars did you give our podcast, man? I'm, again, <laughs> I either give it a like or a dislike or a no comment. And right now right. it's a no comment. <laughs> oh my God. Well, Brandon's going to go start a David Bowie podcast. So uh, if you want to go check that out. Yeah. Okay. Station to station with Brandon. Actually, that would be, that would be cool. Yeah. Stardust radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. You just created a thing. All right. Well, do we want to go ahead and move on? Everybody ready? I'm ready. Okay. So Uh, we're going to go ahead and flip that record and drop the needle on side B. And Taj had homework for us. There was an album that we had to listen to for this episode. Taj, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Okay. Uh, yeah, so I had homework, and, and I it's going to seem silly, but the, the homework kind of matched the theme. I I'll, Maybe I'll try and stop doing that since I stress myself out on it, but uh, uh, on this one... And it's it seems silly. I could have probably looked up the answer, but I thought for the podcast, what the heck? Uh, the the what I picked was the band. Now this band has been mentioned before, but I picked the band, the Heartless Bastards. Um, so their first album was Stairs and Elevator. Uh, Brandon had actually picked a track off of them, which is I, I feel old. Uh, this is their second album, which is All This Time. Um, I had both of their albums. So uh, their third or fourth album was The Mountain, which I think was their really your, uh, their their major most popular one. But I, I love their first two albums um, a lot. So uh, for sure, this was probably an e-music pick. Uh, they're originally a band from Ohio. And so part of why I picked it for this theme, and I like I said, I probably could have looked it up and I just did for the podcast. But like the band Heartless Bastards doesn't quite match the band that they are. Like they're a good band and the name is sticky and catches, but like 
when you think the name Heartless Bastards, you think like it's going to be like a metal or a punk band. And um, it, I think it kind of fits because it's a grungy folk band. It, it, I, I don't know. I, like their their sound did change in their later albums, but it's it's a unique song. So I, looking it up, they got the band name from um, they were playing a trivia a game at a bar and then they had like a multiple choice question and so uh the question was what's the backup band for tom petty and one of the fake answers was tom petty and the heartless bastards so it's like a is a a trick question on a trivia <laughs> and so the lead singer thought it was so funny that uh she uh, that's what they ended up picking for their band name was the heartless bastards um so to go um to go, so I've seen the band live at least once. I think I'm pretty sure I've seen them live once. I know I wanted to see them if if I didn't, but I'm pretty sure I did. Um, so this album, um, I love every track on it. Like it, it's hard for me to pick a track now. I know. <laughs> So I know coming off of Lana Del Rey, like I was, I felt myself getting in trouble for picking this, but um, each, every song, like she has range, she has emotion. It's, I know it's not as clean as polished as, as Lana Del Rey, but d- this is what I love. Like this is the, the album I love. Um, the only thing like playing devil's advocate, yet there's some tracks that have the same three, th- three chord melody, but in a different key or different octave. So th- there's two tong- songs in particular where it, one ends and then the other starts and it's the three, the same three uh, three keys but you're like wait a minute didn't i just hear the song but then each one kind of each other song like stands out on its own uh but yeah they're <laughs> now i'm now i'm just rambling um what a, i was going to go over something else but um anyways um it's a three-person band so uh it's a female vocalist guitar and piano and then you have a guy on bass and guy on drums and so they uh they are one of those bands that uh, originated in Ohio and then moved to Austin, Texas, and then became an Austin band. <laughs> so um, as far as I know, as far as I know, they're still in Austin, but I don't know. Um, it, oh, there is one thing I want to bring up. I can circle back around to it when we get there. But I guess um, if I had to pick a track, um, it would be Blue Day. So that'd be the, the track I would pick. But again, I love the whole album. So, um, but what did you guys think of Heartless Bastards? So I, I can jump in um, really quick here. So, you know, I, I was one of the hosts that picked that, that song the by the Heartless Bastards for a previous episode and previous theme. Um, you can go back and listen to it in the archives um, if you want to. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I did get to see him live in a very small venue, which was, was fantastic. Um, they are a great live band, but their, their, their power and their magic is, is still on the recording too. Like this is a great album. Um, I'm, maybe I am a bit, you know, biased because I've already said before that I am a fan of Heartless Bastards. Um, I don't know if it is my favorite album or not. I'm not sure, but, um, I, I, I really enjoyed listening to it again. It had been a while since I listened to this album. Um, you know, I, I really like her voice. I really like their sound. 
Um, you know, yeah, I guess you can make an argument that they're not that polished, but I think that that's, that's, that's the sound of the band, you know, like if you polish them, then they're not heartless bastards anymore, you know? (laughs) So they're unique and her voice is very unique. And I think that's one of the reasons why I really dig the band and, and I like the lyrics too. Uh, in in their song so um i think this is a great album i think it's a great choice um i pretty much feel the same way i think that you do taj i don't think there's a bad song on here um i don't dislike anything from this um you know i i don't follow their career as much these days but i know that they're still recording um which i should i should go fix that and go listen to some stuff i haven't listen to uh um but anyway yeah this is a great album and um you know i think blue day is an excellent choice that would have been one of my top three for sure um since you've already get picked blue day i'm gonna pick uh searching for the ghost Um, that's going to be my, my favorite choice, uh, track on this album. So, you know, I, I do think it's great. I think it's definitely one of the, the better albums that you've selected for the show. And, uh, it was, it was really fun to go back and listen to it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Hey, are you, is it Damon or Dietrich? Uh, I guess I'll go. So, uh... <laughs> okay. Nah, this is what I was gonna say. I had to be in the mood, uh, in the mode to listen to this one, mainly because I wasn't sure what to expect. I know we had listened to I Am Old before, um, and that was a, that was a different flow than what this one was, in my opinion. But um, giving it a second listen, I actually liked it. I actually liked it a lot because uh, partially what Brandon already said was, you know that that's the identity of the band. They're not trying to come across as anything um, studio-wise. They're not trying to bring in a big sound. You you know exactly what you're getting once you get into the meat and potatoes of it. Um, the name kind of throws me off, but there was another band that had a had a hard name, and that completely turned me off of bands with hard names, and that was Savage Garden. And you go back and listen to that shit, and it's like, where in the world did that come from? But in this situation, this Heartless Bastards works. Um, it works because their sound is grimy. Um, their sound is gritty. Um, their sound is, 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 and especially her voice. Oh my God. Like a certain, certain aspects. I'm not, I'm not trying to make a big comparison, but I definitely got some Janis Joplin-esque style out of her voice. And it got to the point where it was like, you know, there was a couple of crossover points. So I was like, damn, isn't that? It was like, nah, nah, it's not. It's, it's, she's her own vocalist. She's her own style. But it, it definitely, um, has a good ring to it. It's a good listen through. I had no problems with anything out there. If I had to pick a song just to be off off the beaten path, I'd pick Brazen. Okay. I think that was a good track. It was between that and I Swallow or, or Dragonfly. So, but I, I picked Brazen. That, that was the one that kind of stood out for me just because that, that first mix that comes in. It's like, yeah, that caught me. All right, Damon. <laughs> Well, now that Dietrich picked my song. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. Oh, that's good. No, it's a good song. The reason why I like that song is it has 
I feel like, yeah, there is definitely a vibe from Janis Joplin's vocals. Um, I feel like she's definitely drawing from that a little bit. She's an Austin, it's an Austin band, so why not, you know? Um, so that kind of makes sense too. You can you can put two and two together there. Yeah, it, uh, but they weren't at the time of this album, but yeah, that they, they've. But they, yeah. Some, I mean, there's yeah. obviously there, there's an attraction to like the scene here, and that's part of the scene here. But um, I feel like uh, Brazen had like um, not just Brazen, but you know, the album itself has like uh, it's like a fun vibe. But like, there's a lot of like the lyrics are like Brazen's about you know coming up and um, I guess like it's more about like self affirmation and like finding things out about yourself and you know trying to be a better you. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, an instinct to be true. That's one of the lines. So it's like that's kind of like be true to yourself. You know what I mean? But. That was my pick. I mean, I guess we can both have the same. We can both have the same yeah. pick. All this time is good. Um, Into the open is like an interesting. Like I like a lot of times on albums that I haven't heard. I like I like uh, the very first song. It always like is unique, and I think they always pick a first song for a reason. So Into the Open definitely has a good vibe as well. But you know, Tegan and Sarah, I can hear that a little bit in them too. Definitely with Brazen, and you know, it's like a, it's a poppy folk rock, poppy folk rock. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. It sounds really fucking stupid, but yeah, no, that's like that's it's not a stupid album, and I like the heartless heartless bastards for sure. I, I like that Brandon had mentioned them before too, so that's a good connection. I like that you're drawn from that, Taj. I don't know if you learn you're learning that from Brandon, or, or if you you, know, you said you saw it live, so that's really cool. Right. I it, like that we are seeing stuff live. Yeah. Know? So, it, it, and I do want. So, what I want to circle back to is yeah. so this is a band that uh, I really did want to keep up with, and I I know I listened to their their third and fourth album. And, and so I'm curious on this because their sound did change. Um, I have the same problem with like Fry and Rabbit, like their first two album. I love them. Then their sound changed um, and, and I didn't keep up with them. Um, I'm trying to think of another band. It, what I'm curious on is like uh, I used to know these people a <laughs> um, long time ago. It, nobody on the podcast, but somebody else. And, and so their thing was like they were hipsters that were they liked things that were undiscovered. And the minute it was discovered, they didn't like it anymore. <laughs> and it's a weird it's a weird way to live life. But I was kind of curious on on if you guys go through this because where you have a band where you like you like a certain genre or an era of their stuff, but then when they change, you're like, nope, they're, they're no longer fans of them. <laughs> but it seems like yeah. Brandon's not like that, especially with David Bowie. He talked about how he liked all of David Bowie's, but I was curious because I, I tried not to get stuck in that rut, but I was curious on that. So. I think a lot of people get stuck in that rut. Oh, okay. I think <laughs> generational music is like a thing, like by decades, and then, you know, that's how oh, they yeah. break music down by decades decades and then they break music down by genres and then people get caught up in that as a uh it's a social scene you want to fit that scene like younger crowds do it older crowds do it but that's what it's about this is this is entertainment you know that's what they're we we know this happens (laughs) we're we're (laughs) stupid humans we're like you know animals that think we're better than that but yeah and 
That's funny how you said that heartless bastards aren't as polished. Into the open is kind of polished. I mean, the piano is great. When it when it and like I said, it it starts out like every album that I've never heard before, and it's a new album to me. I always like the intro song because there's always something special with it, right? Gotcha. I think Into the Open has that. Into the Open sounds like Lana Del Rey. Listen to it. <laughs> I know you don't like Lana Del Rey. For, not that you don't like her, but like you had a, a little bit of an issue with like, I guess, like range. You said the range wasn't there with a lot of stuff. It's not there with Into the Open until like the middle of the song. But you hear that in Lana Del Rey's music, too, and a lot of different artists like... Right. It's not that they don't have range. It goes with the tone. It goes with what they're playing. You know, I think it sounds great. Yeah. I mean, she does have a phenomenal voice. And I think live, especially in a city like Austin, Texas, this is going to be a good band to see live. So I haven't seen them, but I want to. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like the this third and fourth album aren't like the quality. It, it, they are in a sense more polished in their later albums. It is what I feel like the, the sounds, the sounds isn't as grimy. It's more crisp. Uh, but yeah. And then, yeah. What are they going for? Right. Like, I don't know right. if that's, if it, is it a lack of like you're saying, like, is this, is this like, it's, I don't know, just lack of like not having the technology or like the money to right. have a big <laughs> studio to back you and do the production you need. Or is it really, cause maybe they sound way different live. And that, right. that is the case with a lot of these like venues and stuff. They might play a venue during a festival, that venue set up with specific sound that they want for all the bands coming through. Unless oh, gotcha. you're not part of the, the lineup, then you're on your own. <laughs> but if you're part of the lineup, you're going to get some kind of like boost. <laughs> booster that makes sense <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so but in their studio stuff might sound just not as not as good as you heard them live because of that but you know that's very helpful with a city like austin and uh, other big cities that have festivals because it you know gets their name out there but it also gives them a different sound i have a different perspective on this just, okay. just a little bit um I think that what you said, Taj, in the beginning, as far as when an artist changes up, you know, you lose interest in the artist. I think there's some note to that. I think that reason being, what's what's the purpose of the artist changing up? One is because if, if from a surface value, they'll say that it's growth. They say that they they want to experiment with new sounds. But when you break it down and start looking at the albums and looking at the sales and how everything starts falling off, is really the song quality. At the end of the day, the songs don't have that same feel behind them as they did back when they were first starting off. Everybody's first album, to me, is always their best album because you always get the rawest intent of what the artist is trying to come out with. Then once they get the producer side of them or once they get the production behind them and the whole nine, they start changing up things. You know, the lead singer may not actually write the lyrics or one of the band members may not actually write the lyrics. They may pick up a song from somebody else because it's easier to do so. And, and you know, next thing you know, the sound changes up a little bit because they want to experiment with the sound but they haven't quite gotten it down before they recorded the album. And then when they kick it out to the people, all of a sudden, now everybody's listening in it with, with open arms, thinking that it's going to be great. And their expectations are already set way too high. Mm. Kind of like a sequel to a movie. You know, there's only so many movies where the sequels have actually done well in comparison. Brandon can back me up on that. There, there's a whole shitload of, of movies that are out here that if they came out with a sequel to the movie, the, the sequel is never as good as the first because the idea is already taken, right? You already know what to expect coming from the first one. 
So in this situation, when you're talking about music, it, it becomes a, a, a dice game that you roll. Like if you want to experiment with your sound like Bowie did or like, um, you know, Bob Dylan or anybody else that we talked about on the podcast, you can do so. But just know that once you start going down that lane for entertainment to entertain the folks, rather than trying to put out music that you really want to put out, you essentially going to fall into that trap. Mm. Um, so though I think the artists that have stuck around are the ones who have made the best relationships industry-wise, but also have listened to somebody in their corner that's telling them this is probably not the best song to put out as a single. Or this song is good, but we can make it better. And that's that's where they've been able to to maintain their longevity. It's not necessarily based on the fact that they're just that good of an artist, but they actually got the right team around them to keep them moving in the right direction. That makes sense. Okay. You, gotta, you gotta make your point too. How many times have you gone to a show where it's a new album and they're they're on tour before that album? And then the second half of the concert, they're playing the first all their hits, everything else that's not that album. Cause you gotta you gotta go back to what people like. Yes. Especially yes. if the new album's got like a one hit wonder on it or something. <laughs> and and just, a like, lot, man. There's been so many albums that I've seen come out that have stuff labeled as single. But when you yeah. listen to that, it's not a real single. Like that should not be the <laughs> lead track that you're coming out with. And if that's the lead track you're coming out with, you've already sold your soul. This shit's already gone. Like this is going <laughs> downhill from now. Now you can go overseas and make your money over there and be on cruise ships and all that shit. But yeah, <laughs> but the, al- the albums themselves at that point it's 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 bad and it's hard to come back from that obscurity like it's very very hard there's only a few our artists that have ever come back from that type of like just boy cruise ship retirement yeah yes yeah very very <laughs> few artists that i've seen that have that have been pushed to the side and able to get back in the spotlight because of good music I don't think Heartless Bastards are going to be on a cruise ship, but... <laughs> nah, they're not going to nah. be on a cruise ship. Um, they may be on a riverboat somewhere, but they're not going to be on a cruise ship. <laughs> but, so, yeah. And I'm not sh- I know there's... The, the last that I had heard, there was a link between them and White Denim. Like, I think... I'm not sure if they were touring together. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that's where like they've, I haven't kept up with them, but that was the last I heard was a connection between them. So I got to hang out with those guys a little bit. Really cool. Yeah. I like white denim. Good guys. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I think that's it, except uh, I think, you know, I think we need homework for next week, don't we? Did anybody have homework for us for next week? Oh, my brain is killing me. We have homework? Okay. (laughs) Brandon? Oh, yeah, me. <laughs> I've been pretty quiet here for a little while. I know. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really chime in during that conversation. Oh, yeah. Why don't you chime in? You got anything to say? Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, an artist, if an artist wants to reinvent himself or they want to make different music, then, uh, you know, by all means, go right ahead. Um, you know, and, and it's up to the listener to take whether or not they want to continue down that journey with them or not. But I don't necessarily believe that if the music is different from what made them famous, if that music doesn't sell, that doesn't mean that the music is bad. Mm. It's just, it's just not what the fans want. You know, it's crazy to me that a lot of fans, they go on and on about how they want something different. They do it all the time. But then at the end of the day, they just want more of the same. That's all. That's what it seems like, especially when it comes to like movie franchises. It's like anytime that they take 
a risk. They're like, well, why don't you just do that? Do this again, you know? And I feel like it's the same way probably with music a little bit too, where it's like, you think you want something different, but then when it is different, they, they tend to get upset. So. What you, you don't mind different, but what you want is the same right. feeling. I want the same feeling to come out of this song or this album as I did the first two albums that you came with. Yeah. Because the feeling has to be there. But if yeah. I, if, if, if uh, as an artist, I, I get it. Like I get why you want to be different because it gets stale. Like if you're doing the same thing again and again, like when they do live shows and they, they sing some songs off their new album, I understand why they're doing that. Like I would be sick and tired of doing the same song again and again, you know, but, and, and, and with movies, it's like, you know, they, like they want the filmmaker to make something different, but then when it's so different, there's like the fans are unhappy. It just you can't win. You know? No, you can't win. But 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 it's the difference between coming out with something that's subpar versus something that you just it's just shit thrown against the wall. Like right. look at Fast and Furious. When Fast and Furious first came out, first two or three, well, not not Tokyo Drift, but everything else, people were like, Oh, this is Fast and Furious. Oh, this is good. Oh, this is a good franchise. But now I got to the point where the motherfuckers are in space. And it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's like France or Things. You, know, you, you throw a damn uh, a damn hook on a tree and flip or a damn SRT charger all the way around to the other side of the island type shit, and everybody lives to see it the next day. Like you but got a jetpack on a car. It, it's it's crazy though that there <laughs> there are musicians who some like sometimes are doing their best music late in their career and nobody's listening, you know. And yeah. and the, and and it's crazy to me that that sometimes the way this industry works, like in the entertainment industry, like success is only as you're only as good as how much money you make, which I think is so ridiculous. Like, oh, this movie is a flop because it didn't make any money. But the movie is still great. And it's the same with some of these artists, too, where they are sometimes making their best music and nobody's listening to. And all they want is for you to play the hits. You know, like it's it's so it's so ridiculous. And the funny thing is, like, Bowie's a great example for me where his most popular music is in the 80s. Right. Yep. Like probably the most popular. I'm not as big a fan of that David Bowie. Right. Like and so that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like his most popular music, like if that's where he made all the money, I should love that stuff. Just according to like some some entertainment experts or industry experts, you know, but it's not my favorite Bowie. You know, I I don't know. I'm rambling now. I'm going to stop. You're like, <laughs> you know, might like Bowie's good. final album. You might like Bowie's. Oh, I love David Bowie's fire. final album is a masterpiece. It's I mean, phenomenal, yeah. and he did uh, it on. Per- he did everything for a reason, and I, I love that he planned it out. Right, what a way to right. go out, you know? Yeah, so genius, really. So, like, if if you, if and and going back to something Ty said earlier too, which I think is so ridiculous, is if you stop liking something because other people started liking it, like, yeah, you were never a fan to begin with. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. a, it's, a, it's definitely like a fad it. thing too. For like, like I said, it's trendy. Yeah, like yeah, what you trendy, like, man. Right? It's trendy, but what it is is it's you see the flip up, you see the switch up. They call it a glow up. You see the difference when it's somebody that didn't the have money up. behind them okay. and they were they were actually 
like raw and into their material and into their craft. And all of a sudden now they seem like they're, they're just radio friendly and everybody in the world knows. Yeah. And those are fickle fans, but you know, they're, they're fickle fans because they know that this person is never going to be the same. And as an artist, you don't want to be the same. You, you want to be as authentic as you can, but you don't want to, you don't want to be that broke dude eating McDonald's at two o'clock in the morning because you weren't able to actually get a meal at Papa Do's. You know, you want to be able to have that money to be to show <laughs> that you're successful off of what you're pulling into the into the fold. Yeah. But as a as a fan who's looking at that, when you were hard at one point and now you're soft at another point and you're you're getting all this mass appeal from the, from all the females that didn't like you at first, like what's what's the real point? Like did you do it for them or did you do it because you really love the music? Well some people don't know how to distinguish the difference between the two. Yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> I just, I kind of believe that an artist should make what they want to make. Make something that, like, do you like what you're making? And do that. And hopefully there's an audience who will and, like and it, it as much as right. you do. So there's gotta be, I think there has to be a happy medium, really, honestly. Like, I think that some bands do that a lot. A lot of bands do that. And that's great. And they still have albums getting put out and people are listening to them, but they're not going to top the charts. They might have a one-hit wonder, though. I mean, you know, we we've talked about all these things. Uh, you know, recently the SNL episode with how bands make it to SNL. If you make it to, if you get to be on SNL, you might have made it. <laughs> you might have sold out a little bit. Maybe you kept some of your roots. I don't know if Heartless Heartless Bastards Bastards was never on SNL or anything like that, right? Uh, I don't think so. Probably not. Not that I'm aware of. But yeah, they could be. Um, so hopefully I wouldn't put it past the late night show. I just wouldn't wouldn't yeah. to them on the And I don't know if that's what they want to do, but like hopefully this is a great band. So hopefully they can actually make, you know, a happy medium. I think that's what it takes. All the all the bands in the world that we like, you know, like the ones that are more, more successful had to come to some sort of agreement <laughs> to sell their soul a little bit. Just a little mm-hmm. bit. The ones that sell sell completely, it's pretty obnoxious and you can tell. <laughs> So, but yeah, the heart, I mean, this, it, 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 I, do, I do want to make my choice on Into the Open just because I love the piano and I love, I kind of like how it does sound like Lana Del Rey a little bit, but um, this is a diverse band. I think that they have a lot of promise and they're, they're doing well. So uh, does everybody know who they are? <laughs> Probably not from this podcast, but um, maybe, maybe listeners, you know, they're going to go out there and. <laughs> Buy the album tomorrow. And that's, you know, that's what I hope. I definitely hope that bands that don't get a lot of fans find a way to do it somehow. And it sucks, but you had to sell out a little bit. That's how I feel. Anyway. All right. So to, <laughs> to circle back to. Uh, <laughs> hey, Brandon. Man. Yeah. Uh, and another thing. Okay. <laughs> how many hours do we have? Okay. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I had a few cents. I had, a, I, I had to say something. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right. It. Oh, wait. This album gets uh, definitely a 4.3. Oh. <laughs> That's not bad. It's not bad. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, what's going on? Oh, yeah. Uh, homework. 
Homework, yeah. Homework. So for the next episode, uh, I have selected a album. So I'll see you next time. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, Everybody has to uh, guess just randomly. Right, right. Like that's next episode, it's like, like, what did you guys listen to? Nope, that's not it. What did you listen to? Nope, that's not it. We're gonna finally um, do that one episode. We are gonna do it. It's coming. It's coming, everyone. Uh, yeah. So uh, the album I picked. Uh, I went a little bit newish. Uh, I went with something from 2012, and the no. al- I know. Oh my! No, hold on tight. All right. Um, the album I picked is from the band Alabama Shakes, and the album title is Boys and Girls from 2012. Oh uh, okay, that is awesome. I've seen those guys live before. They're big. Okay. All right. Yeah. So Alabama Shakes, Boys and Girls from 2012. Okay, I have no. I think I know what I'm getting myself into, but I don't know. But I'm I'm eager to listen to it for sure. You made it close to the last decade. Yeah, yeah. so you're in the last decade. So okay, cool, cool. All right. So um, well, we're doing our homework. We're gonna shake a leg and no, <laughs> uh, please uh, no. <laughs> Corny dad, you're a corny dad. Oh my god! Uh, so you can email us at choicetracks at gmail.com. Uh, we end with a Z, or you can find us on our website of choicetracks.com. Uh, again, we end with a Z. Uh, please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Let's go ahead and sign out. I've been Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm unfortunately I'm still Damon. So anyway, and I'm alone. That would have been the name of my band. My <laughs> band would have been called Alone. And it, I, there's no reason for it. I just like the name Alone. And they were right. looking, but you're not alone. You're in a band. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm Dietrich, and uh, we're gonna pick up the needle. But y'all keep spinning those choice tracks. I'd buy your first album. I would appreciate that. <laughs> yeah.